0: touchdown! Of course, the crowd wants Reed to go for it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did on 4th and 1.
1: So, you know, it's with that time, George. Welcome to 4th and 1. I'm Todd Palmer, joined by Nick Jacobs, and uh, listen, a win is a win in the NFL, right? I mean, the Chiefs, they they did come out of the bye and improved to, uh you know, Andy Reed's now 21 and 3 coming out of bye games. They beat the Titans 20-17 to 17 in overtime. Uh, but you know, a couple of weeks ago after they beat San Francisco, we talked about wanting to see consistency from this group that you did not see uh, on Sunday night football, um, especially going against a team that had its backup quarterback, a rookie of Malik Willis in there. Um, I guess, Nick, I want to start with what is your level of concern about this about this Chiefs team and whether they're a legitimate <laughs> Super Bowl contender this year?
0: I'd say the the biggest thing is they have a pattern right now. I was talking to uh, sports director KCB, KSHB's uh, McShafer about it. Um, <clears throat> if you look at their season and their schedule, they beat Arizona by forty. Had a had a struggle game against the Chargers, then had a loss, an unexpected loss, and a struggle of a game against the Colts. Then they come back with the vengeance. Big blowout win against the Bucks. I know the final score didn't indicate it as much as it was, but they hung 40 again like they did in week one. Then they had struggle. Uh, they had two, you know, two games were struggle, and then they hit again with the 49ers game that they ended up winning. You know, Buffalo was one of those, and you expect that to be a tight, close game. And then they've started the pattern. The pattern starts all over again every three games to where – 49ers dominant performance Titans was a physical struggle. And then now the question becomes with the Jaguars. This is where they can either break the trend that they've had as a team to where they, they go with another dominant performance or play up to the level they're capable of, or is it a grind it out type of football game? But it seems like they have this pattern where they, where they like you said, they just can't find a consistency about all three phases of their football team.
1: Well, if there's any good news, that means that they'll struggle against the Jaguars and then and then absolutely dominate the Chargers the next week. So if the pattern holds, that would at least be a good thing as far as the division and their their hopes of making the playoffs. But what needs to change, man? Because, like, I know that, especially in the first half, they get up 200 yards rushing and people are talking about, oh, man, you know, the the defense struggled against, against – uh, Uh, Derek Henry and company, but I mean, they're look, they had three big plays. Like they they did a poor job on, on the screen to the, to the tight end who I don't think anybody had ever heard of before the game. Uh, And they gave up a couple runs, 56 yards and 24 yards to Derek Henry. But outside of that, I I thought they, the defense played really, really well. They only gave up 22 yards on 27 plays in the second half and only one first down. Um, It's hard for me to pin, you know, this on the defense and, I mean, yeah, you'd like to eliminate a couple of the explosive plays there, especially in the first half. But on balance, if, if you're an NFL defense and you give up 17 in a game, I think you've done your job. Um, so, do you, I mean, do you agree with that assessment? And if so, what does the offense need to fix to to get going? Um, from, from a defensive
0: perspective with the Chiefs, a part of it right now is I remind myself that Malik Willis was a quarterback. And – the Titans don't have wide receivers. Now, that's yeah. a big reality. They don't have wide receivers. So I mean, that offense was a very one-dimensional offense with both Derrick Henry and Hillard and Hillard in their style of run game. Hillard being more the change of pace, finesse back, while Henry being the battering ram power style that he has about him and about his game of wearing down a defense for four quarters. So they knew what they had. They knew what they had to do. And who they were going to have to potentially go after or attack to mm-hmm. to be able to get the ball back to their offense as much as possible. So I mean, in terms, you know, they, they faced an inferior quarterback, and it doesn't mean Malik Willis can't be good down the road. There was some there are some encouraging signs there. I think the Titans are going to be really happy about, and probably say, "Hey, if we get some receivers for this guy, give him a lot of snaps, or a lot of reps, a lot of experience." he He could be our version of Lamar Jackson with, you know, some somewhat more accurate ability, um, probably in some ways a little bit better passer than Lamar is a lot of the time. So I think there's a lot of promise in what Willis can be for him, but that moment was too big for him, especially there at the end when that poor guy was overwhelmed. And when you don't have good receivers to throw to, and the offense isn't really trying to tailor towards what you're capable of in that moment, they they put too much on him. And that's I think there was a lot of errors that Mike Vrabel and the coaching staff made and a lot of blunders that helped get the Chiefs this win. And then there's a guy named Patrick Mahomes that decided that enough was enough. And hey, if we're all not gonna take our part in the group project, I'll handle it myself on that final drive in the fourth
1: quarter. Yeah, I I, I agree on Malik Willis. You saw his his ability to extend plays uh be a little bit slippery make plays with his legs um you know even on the sacks late i mean he did a good job of staying alive just nobody ever came open for him to throw to but i think he has a chance uh to to be a good player um i was shocked i mean as successful as henry was at times they only got him 17 carries like there were time, i mean it seemed like if they Got stopped on first down. They just kind of abandoned the run, which I thought was the Chiefs' advantage because I thought uh, it, it was as likely if they would have ran it the second time they would have found themselves in third and two anyway if they would have just kept feeding Henry the ball. But um, you know, it worked out in the end for the Chiefs. But which is a bigger concern for you as far as that offense is concerned—the the wide receivers um, and the fact that outside of Juju Smith-Schuster, you're still not. I thought McCole Hardman had a good game too, but outside, I mean, outside of those two guys, like Marquez Valdez Scantling dis, disappeared, um, you know, against the Titans, and that's not the first game we've said that about him. Sky Moore still hasn't found a role in the offense, and, and on a night like last night, where Travis Kelsey certainly had some bright spots, but he certainly didn't have a vintage Travis Kelsey performance. It really bogged down the offense. Um, so is that a bigger concern, or is it the offensive line still not being able to do what it needs to to establish the run and, and still being pretty leaky in pass protection?
0: It's, it's a domino effect with everything, and it all comes together and encompasses each little bit of it. If I'm having to put them and stack them in a, in a checklist order, the first thing is Patrick Mahomes and that passing offense go as the offensive tackles do. What Orlando Brown and Andrew Wiley are able to do and how comfortable they're able to make Patrick back in that pocket and how much time he feels he has, how many hits he takes, determines how long he's going to stay in the pocket before he bails out. And that's just who Patrick Mahomes has been with the tackle play he's had over the years, and that's just who who he's going to be. And so, like, there was a time in the fourth quarter – I'll bring this example up, but the fourth quarter, McCole Hardman's streaking across wide open, you know, for maybe the game-winning touchdown. Mahomes ended up running on that, but that was a big play that people kept pointing to. And and I think that was an effect over time of some of the hits he was taking and the way he was feeling in that pocket about why he he bailed the way he did or read the read the things the way that he did with coverage and where he was getting his reads from on that play. So did he miss that guy? Yes. And people will point to that and say he should he's got to find he's got to do that. But none of us actually know what his progression is that he's going through on the play. You know, in that moment, only the Chiefs only the Chiefs offense knows 100%. But what I'm getting at in the bigger picture of it is the offensive tackles determine each and every week what Mahomes is going to How the how efficient are they going to be when they have good performances, when they chip, when they slow guys down and occasionally take people out of routes or initially early on, they find routine success. Another part of it is, and what the Titans were going after, is they were taking Travis Kelsey out of his game. They know that the offense runs through Travis Kelsey. So they were putting sometimes they would drop somebody in to kind of help double up in a way or kind of get physical with Kelsey, just like the Patriots have done over the years. And Bravo continues to copy and they take Kelsey out of his game and make him upset. So he's got to work through it. Mahomes has got to work through it. But when things fall apart, they know that Travis is going to be the guy that Patrick is going to go to. Juju Smith-Schuster is upping the ante and becoming a part of that. And that's where this team has at least another piece of the puzzle. But what they're still missing and what you're talking about is <clears throat> the Chiefs in the offseason, what they're going to have to decide no matter what is do they want to improve the tackle play on the roster or do they want a speed rep- a receiver to replace Tyreek Hill and what they've lost with him? Because they were hoping Valdez Scanley could do that or McCole Hardman could do that. And they necessarily haven't been able to take over that mantle. And like you said, with the other thing with Skymore, Skymore's lost right now <laughs> like you can look at the way he's running routes it's just not it's not there in the way that he feels comfortable in this offense right now and we'll see where Kadarius Tony's at long term but it's still a work in progress with their passing offense with what they have available and what they can beat versus zone and main coverage and then the final point to be long-winded here in the running game that part right there in my opinion Part of it is the interior push. They weren't going to be able to get it against that front, especially Jeffrey Simmons, because he's he's a rock star. So you're going to have to double him every play just to have a chance. And you were going to have to double the defensive tackles all night and try to run between the tackles if you wanted to get something done effectively. And you were going to have to use McKinnon and Pacheco to probably do that to give you what you needed. Pacheco from a power run, McKinnon from more of a finesse explosion, hit the hole quickly type. And that was going to be how they were going to have to go about it but there just isn't the Kareem Hunt or Jamal Charles style of runner in that group that it just doesn't matter. You know, that they can, they can find a way to erase it, erase the angles, erase the blocking issues. They just don't have that on the roster. So, I mean, when you look at it at all different levels, that's what that ends up turning into to answer the question to the best that I can.
1: Jamal Charles, by the way, um, came into the locker room and was visiting with the other 25 um yesterday after the game um i i you know i i was tempted to ask him if he you know thought he could still play now that he's had a couple of years off to rest and recuperate because <clears throat> he still looked pretty good i'm sure he was there because kimball anders was inducted into the hall of fame but yeah um, i think it was like an alumni weekend wasn't it to kind of get all yeah, the guys yeah. back there yeah i think they're trying to incorporate that together so that they can get you know all the guys on the same page uh you know and and keep building that alumni Uh, alumni base but no it's definitely it was good to run into jamal charles you know several of us who recognized him lit up you know the minute he walked into that locker room um but yeah i I mean look none of these none of these issues are new right like i mean we knew going into the season that uh and we've known as the season's gone along that um the that the tackle struggle we've known that you know the the running backs are are limited in terms of Um, their ability to uh, you know depending on the running back to to um, see the whole you know to make the right read and make the right cut to to set up blocks well uh, you know to to uh, you know run through or out of blocks you know things like that I mean they're just um, I I don't think that those things get fixed so I guess my question would be are, are the are the chiefs still a Super Bowl contender in your mind? Or do you think that there's a pretty clear gap still between say the Buffalo bills of the world, um, you know, and maybe, I don't know, maybe the Eagles, if you want to put them up there, Um, you know, I mean, or, or do you think that these are all things that the chiefs can figure out? um, And by the time they get to December and January, be where they need to be.
0: The way I consider it now is I still think they're a work in progress. I don't think they know what they are, and I don't. I don't think they've found that happy medium right now. And the question is, can they find that happy medium by the time they get to the playoffs, or is it just kind of an inconsistent work in progress for you know for this season? Because they they've got enough of a sample size for having almost been through you know eight eight games at this point to kind of know who they are, what their identity is, what they can and can't do and what they can be you know what they can be successful at and so i mean they're they still they still struggle with that with that consistency like we've talked about they just don't they don't know they don't have something that no matter what happens no matter what defense throws at them they can lean on that one thing back in the day that used to be you know when kareem hunt was there in 2018 if something wasn't going right they're they at least had options at all times they either had kelsey tyreek or kareem when the offense was at its peak to be able to run through to make that happen and they just don't they're still trying to find that second and third people uh player that they can person people player whatever you want to call it that they can funnel to at times when kelsey gets taken
1: away yeah i i It'll be interesting to see how Kadarius Tony is used. Uh, I was not surprised at all that uh, Andy Reid ran the first play to him <laughs> on the little bubble screen. Um, he ended up with two catches for twelve yards. Um, you know, there was a lot made of of his blocking. Um, you know, in, in, as well. Um, I I think that he can be an asset. Um, as the season moves along, I mean, it's encouraging that they were able to get him in, that he was able to have an impact in only like you know nine or ten snaps. Um, I, 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 you know, we'll see what they do with the punt returner going forward. I mean, last night it was McCole Hardman Jr. That, that took over that role for Sky Moore, but I certainly think that Kadarius Tony can can play a role moving forward, and this may be the change of scenery he needs to unlock some of that that potential. But I think it's too early to to make any definitive statements about what he can or can't be. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think it hurts to to add one more weapon to that offense, though, and, and to give them one more uh, toy to play with as they try to figure things out. The bigger issue for me is the offensive line because I don't, you know, they they stood pat. They didn't. They didn't go out and get a lineman. I'm not even sure that one was necessarily available. I mean, Lucas Niang's practice window is open. I mean, do you have any hope that him coming back can help turn things around? Or because I, I do think that we talk about the tackles too, but we've seen you know Trey Smith, whether it's the ankle injury and the pec injury that he's had, you know, in these first couple months of the season, he's had struggles that we aren't accustomed to see him having, or at least weren't in his in his rookie season. Same with Creed Humphrey early, you know, Joe Tooney has not played at an All Pro level like he had in New England when they brought him in. So I it's hard for me to see what the solution uh, up front is more than it is to see what the solution among the wide receivers is.
0: Yeah, I mean from an offensive my perspective I don't I don't think you're getting the solution this year. Like you're just having to grit through it and and ship when you have to in the passing offense and and try to work around it cuz I think for me Orlando Brown doesn't look like a guy that's 100% he doesn't look 100% to me. And even after losing weight, I was kind of hoping that would help him with some of his flexibility. And he seems to be struggling with that uh, more so than I thought he would be. Joe Tooney was never necessarily, he was never going to be a power run blocking guard. He's a Pro Bowl guard that could potentially play tackle. And he may have to in a pinch if something happens. You're crossing your fingers. Nothing does with the offensive line you got right now. But if it does, you're going to need him to go do that immediately. I mean Creed's still doing a solid job. Right. Trey, ever since that ankle injury, hasn't been the same player, and I'm my assumption is I don't I don't think he's 100 percent either. I don't care. <clears throat> I, I personally don't care what's on injury reports. You know, some players may have something that they don't tell anybody about. You know, that, you know, it's, that happens. They just want to grit through it. So you know, like that that that's happened with guys I've talked to over the years. So I mean, <clears throat> you can tell on tape when a player has a certain baseline and they're not playing up to it. Some, you know, something's, something's amiss. You just don't know what, and you typically don't find out till the year's over with, you know? So that's just, that's just how that works out. And then Wiley's doing the best he can. And honestly, Wiley could play guard if needed. And I think he's a better guard than he is tackle. We've talked about on here before, but with Niang, I mean, with that injury, you know, like that, that's, that's, that's a, that's a risky injury for an offensive lineman when they come back from, like you gotta you gotta really make sure that that's a hundred percent whenever they come back because the some of the studies that have been done don't show a ton of promise for long term you know length of career if you know if if that's not back to hundred percent and they could it could take up. I know from some of the research I've seen from you know, from looking at it, for some players they can they can take up to years athletes, let me say athletes, some athletes, they can take up to a year before they feel like they're fully back to 100%. So I mean, like that's, you know, you you would love to see Niang be a part of it and be able to kind of help give this offense a jolt to where they're only having to help to chip on one side or try to help alleviate on one part of it. But as of right now I'm just mentally preparing for you know, there's going to be some inconsistencies and if there's not a dominant front four, they have a good shot and depending on what man or zone coverage they play, it could be hit or miss, but I just don't I don't think this Chiefs team as of right now has something that they can lean on when things aren't going right to kind of get them through it. I it, it, like I mean if you look at if you look at Sunday night, I mean it was it, it took to that final that final drive in the fourth quarter for Pat to say, all right, I've done the group project long enough. This needs to get done. It needs to get done right. I'm going to do it myself and this is how it's going to be. And I just don't think there's enough guys on that roster offensively right now that have that same like mentality. And this is something Mick Schaefer has said at KSHB, our sports director. Patrick is the smartest player on the field. He sees everything. He sees coverages. He sees um, penalties for both sides, more so than probably the reps. And this is, this is me quoting Mick, so I want to give him recognition on that. And, and, and each week that I watch it, I agree with him more and more like Pat sees everything he anticipates everything. It's just, there's just not, I just don't think there's enough people in that roster that are on that same wavelength that aren't Travis Kelsey and Juju's doing his best to get up there. And and I think that's kind of, it's kind of a
1: hindrance for where this offense can be. I think Justin Watson, is, you know, showed some signs, certainly with that back shoulder catch, a really incredible catch he made down the sideline um, you've seen signs that some other guys are getting on that page, but just not consistently enough. But I mean, that's I would say that's what they have to hang their hat on, right? Is Patrick Mahomes's will to win? Because, um, you know, I, mean, it, yeah, I wrote about it yesterday at KSHP.com That dude ran a four eight forty, like he is. You know, slower than every linebacker, every safety, and every cornerback out there in the NFL. <laughs> like I don't, you know, for the most part. um, You know, but when his team needs him to get 17 yards uh, on a third down late in the fourth quarter to keep a drive alive, he gets 18, 19, 20, you know, Um, you know, I mean, when when he needs to okey-doke Jeffrey Simmons, you know, to get the angle and, and get into the end zone on another third down to score the touchdown, he's able to do it, you know. Um, you know, to your point, I mean, he sees everything and he's able to get the angle to get to the front pylon and the two point conversion and give his team a chance to win. I think that's, that's the one thing that the chiefs have that can set them apart. Um, is, you know, if Patrick Mahomes is going to keep working with those guys that he has, um, whether, you know, whether they're good enough to win a super bowl, we'll find out. Uh, but I think, I think it's, it's Patrick Mahomes, his football IQ, and, and just that, that dog that he has inside him to go out and compete every play to the end, um, you know, that's, that's all that the Chiefs have to hang their hats on that, that they can separate themselves with right now. And my concern with that is how long do you keep making him be that
0: guy? and not have other like minded people like that before it starts burning them out like that how, that's how the, long does the contract last <laughs> that's that's my bigger concern long term is like you know like him and kelsey have that 100% and i'm not i'm not going to knock that and chris jones when he flips it on chris jones is that guy too but i think juju I, has it I and, I and he might it. but i'm saying like you need to surround that offense with more guys that are like that and like, it, it just are able to lock in like that. Cause I think that's where the ebbs and flows come from is like, and it's funny, whether it's Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes, whoever, it always seems like this offense over the past decade, it's always looking around, and be like, hey, who wants to be the, who wants to be the fire starter this, this, uh, this game? And then it either, and you know, and with Mahomes, you didn't have to worry about that as much. But there, there's times where he needs somebody to be able to lean on too. He needs somebody to pick him up cause, you know, he's not, it's not going his way either. And like, it, it just kind of, I just kind of wonder sometimes long-term like, Hey, like don't put him in a spot to where like this becomes a problem down the
1: road. Yeah. I, I think up front, ultimately it needs to be Creed Humphrey, um, you know, but I think he's probably a little bit deferential to Orlando Brown jr. And Joe Tooney, because as we know in the NFL, the guys inside that locker room often define who should be the leader and things like that by who's pulling down the biggest contract. And, and it's, it's brown and it's Tooney. Uh and I don't know that you see those guys being, you know, the fire, uh, the fire starter kind of like you said up front. I, I think ultimately it's 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 going to have to be Creed. I think Trey's capable of doing it too. I mean, certainly we've seen him. Um, yeah, he's capable, but I, I think those guys are they're going to have to continue building toward that, um, you know, and then and then like you said, they're going to have to keep building more guys around them. Um um, you know, we'll see if they can get it done um and, and hopefully Travis Kelsey um has you know five or six more productive years in him um because they may need it the way things are going
0: yeah, and that's that's the bigger thing Chiefs are having to figure out what the roster building is I think this is what they have to do their're soul searching on evaluating over these final handful of games before a hopeful playoff run is who on this roster, buys in at that level, who with this roster brings it, and who and, and who do we kind of need to kind of find other guys to kind of fill in those roles to where it, it's not just everybody waiting on Pat to decide that he's going to make a play, or Kelsey to Mahomes' connection to make that play. Because Kel- when Kelsey threw his helmet on TV, that was frustration because he wants to be great and help Pat. Like, that's what that was. That wasn't about just him, like, then. That- Kelsey has that drive. Pat has that drive. There's some guys on the roster that have that drive. They just need more of it, and they need it more consistently if they want to be the Super Bowl contender that can take on Buffalo, the Jets, the Dolphins, the AFC East,
1: basically at this point, and yep. everything else. The good news is, and i leave it with this, I, I think you're seeing that from the defense. I mean, I think – Colin Saunders is playing the best football he's played. I think when Willie Gay and, and Nick Bolton are, are right, they're really good. I think Justin Reed has brought that intelligence and intensity um, to the defense. Lejarius Sneed brings it every time. Uh, Chris Jones brings it every time. You can question a lot of things about Frank Clark, but you can't question you know his intensity for the most part. I mean, he's a guy who... Um, you know, he's going to go out there and give what he has. So I do think that the defense has that. We'll see if the offense can catch up a little bit and they can make a run to, to Glendale again.
0: I'm just, I'm just concerned where this team and this roster would be at right now if Jarek McKinnon and Carlos Dunlap weren't on it. Like where this team would be yeah. at this point. Like those two guys are so important to this. Dunlap's really coming on strong right now and really turning it on. So Half sack I mean, away from 100. So, I mean, like him and McKinnon, man, they, they've been the difference maker in a couple of games. If they didn't have them, I, w- I would be concerned about where this team would be at in a couple of those
1: tight, close games. Yeah. All right, well, we'll see when uh, Andy faces Doug Peterson on Sunday, whether they can can keep going. Um, you know, I uh, I think we can talk about it more later, but I would like to think that Joe Cullen has an advantage over uh, Trevor Lawrence in this one, so... Um, We'll see if the pattern continues or not from the schedule. (laughs) Yeah, right. All right. Well, I got nothing else. Um, So, uh, Nick, um, I I think it's time to bid adieu. Yes. All right. Take care, kids.